And welcome to another edition of Across the County. I'm Noah. Thanks for joining me. And, well, you know, President Trump uses Twitter, so I might not use it for my news source specifically, but it's a great way to know what's going on because the mainstream media doesn't want you to know certain things that are actually happening in the world. And one account I follow is Corey A. DeAngelis. He is just an awesome guy. He uh, also has a Ph.D. Director of School Choice at the Reason Foundation. Corey, thanks for coming on the show, man. We got something really kind of scary to talk about. Yeah. Hey, Noah, thanks for having me on the show. And I don't have as many followers as President Trump, but thanks for following me. Well, maybe with this interview and the follow-up and, you know, maybe if President Trump takes notice, we can get you a few more. Who knows? Yeah, that sounds like a good good idea to me. So I, I saw something you posted back uh, at the end of April, and it just glared over everything else I was reading that day. I think I even spilled my cup of coffee, so thanks a lot. Uh, but a government school district in Alaska has just banned five books. Books, all of them, classics, all of them I love. The Great Gatsby, Catch-22, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, The Things They Carried, and... The Invisible Man. So teachers cannot use these books for any reason. What is going on? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, rightly so, pushed back against this, you know, um, over the past few weeks because, look, this school district voted to ban these five books. And it doesn't even, like, really make sense as to why these particular books would be banned in this this school district in in Alaska. It's actually the Matsu School District, and, you know, there could be arguments to ban particular books from a given curriculum based on, you know, maybe their, their controversial views or something. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just having a lot of trouble. Figuring They're all out very different books. Yeah, I mean, uh, and look, I mean, isn't part of, you know, learning and education, uh, you know, part of that experience is, is being exposed to mm. some views that you may not agree with or yep. You know, maybe if it's a controversial view, maybe it's not that that much of a of a bad thing if you can actually learn from the experience. And this pretty much essentially is an act of coddling the minds of Alaskan students by preventing them from from reading these great works of uh, you know of of, of writing. Um, and so I, I've most recently heard over the last couple of weeks that. The school district is, or the school board is actually reconsidering their decision. And, you know, probably because there was so much pushback, but I haven't gotten any updates as to whether they have actually rescinded their decision. But as of today, it seems like those books are still banned. I don't understand why, I mean, a thinking individual like yourself and, and, you know, here at the radio station, we always like to think things through. Here is an idea uh, state. Uh, Maybe you think about this, think the ins, the outs, the ramifications, and a little bit more clearly before you make a decision. Yeah, I mean, because then people wouldn't be asking so many questions, right? If they actually had some type of argument behind this, or maybe they could have polled their, you know, constituents and asked them how they would feel about doing this before actually taking, you know, that action and and actually making that decision without, you know, essentially the consent of the governed. Um, I think that's one of the biggest problems here. Uh, but look, again, um, there could be reasonable arguments to ban certain works or, or ban certain, sure. you know, um, things from, from being, you know, from exposing children to certain things. Perhaps the parents are vehemently opposed to certain, uh, you know, acts that are, you know, maybe that it's, it's just, you know, rated R material or something. But that's not what I'm seeing with these books. 
And then again, you know, I really think this is just an argument for school choice that, you know, people are going to disagree about what the book, you know, what the curriculum should look like. And, you know, um, it, parents should be the ones to, to really make the decision uh, as to what's too controversial for their individual kids, because otherwise you have these, you know, top-down policies, these uniform one-size-fits-nobody fit, policies that really just, you know, uh, waters down the curriculum and makes it essentially meaningless by trying, you know, trying to uh, cater to, the, to this, uh, a diverse population uh, of students. Yeah, most definitely. So let the parents, you know, decide and, and have families sort into schools that have the best curriculum options available. And this is just one state. I mean, this is Alaska. I mean, I live here in California, the land of fruits and nuts, as a lot of people say. And, you know, if something like this is happening in Alaska, you know, this is going to happen again elsewhere. This is exactly why more and more people, more and more parents that I talk to would rather have their kids in either private school or homeschooled so that they can make sure they still get the education and the material that you and I both grew up on and that are going to enrich their educations. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. I mean, if you, you know, have a private education or even like a charter school option where you can, you know, at least you can pick the type of school that works best for your own child. Maybe one particular charter school option, you know, option doesn't include these books in the curriculum, but maybe they include other great books and, and, you know, maybe, the families are okay with those other great books, and those are the types of books that they want for their curriculums. I mean, this this is just a really big argument for school choice and why people need to be able to sort because, you know, we live in a pluralistic society, and if we're going to have and accept that pluralistic society, we have to let people choose. Mm. And, I mean, th- th- this reminds me of all the political nonsense that goes on in classrooms all around the United States. And people vehemently disagree about, you know, political indoctrination that occurs in classrooms. I just shared today uh, a teacher, um, I, I think this was actually from the U.K., uh, but there are similar, op, you know, uh, examples of this in the U.S. too, but this just happened today where a teacher was, you know, saying something like in, the, in their PowerPoint slides, don't be like Trump, be like Greta Thunberg. Um, oh, so, I mean, it's just like... I didn't vote for Trump in 2016, but come on, this is this is obvious political indoctrination happening in the classroom in England. But then we've seen it here in the U.S. as well. I shared, you know, uh, uh, just like a, a month or two ago, uh, a, a whiteboard from an Arizona classroom, a government-run school that was linking explicitly linking, you know, uh, conservative values like the Second Amendment uh, and other conservative values. To things like fascism and genocide. And then, you know, there's a lot of other examples of teachers on social media, you know, coming out and saying, I, you know, I, I, I went over this with this California teacher from a couple weeks ago, and they were saying, you know, uh, admitting that they were teaching their kids that, you know, Trump was a bad person Jeez. and that, you know, they admitted they weren't going to teach both sides of the issue. And again, this is just another argument for school choice because we're never going to have everybody agree on, you know, what what is the perfect way to, to teach government and, and politics in the classroom. So we need to be, allow, allow people to sort themselves out and to respect people's, you know, individual choices. Um, That's right. And their backgrounds. Noah here and across the county, Corey, 
DeAngelis, PhD, my guest. And you can follow him on Twitter at DeAngelis Corey. I'm going to find so much great information there. He's the director of school choice at the Reason Foundation. Uh, any alarms going off in your head, Corey? You know, that maybe we're going to start seeing more of this again. I mean, it's popped up in the past um, because, you know, political indoctrination, you hit it right on the head. And that's something that worries me. I mean, our school should be teaching government and history and what is exactly uh, the backbone of America. And even now that my kids are 22 and they're out of high school, I literally had to be a very involved parent, which I love being, and say, hey, why aren't you guys learning about this? And take a lot of the spin out of what was being fed to them. Uh, it's, un- it's unacceptable. They should be just teaching the basics. And I don't see that happening anymore. Yeah, and I mean, I get it. If you have one biased view, it, it might be hard to, to to teach government, you know, in a fair way. But really, it shouldn't be all that difficult. I mean, just if you're going to teach government, and I think, you know, kids should learn about government, just present both sides of the issue. Sure. The problem is there are bad actors across the country. Not all teachers like this, you know. A lot of teachers do a fair job and do a good job and don't allow their students to really know what their political leanings are That's right. and, and present both sides of the story. But then we have these bad actors that, you know, are essentially protected by the teachers' unions, you know, coming out and explicitly saying that they won't give both sides equal time in the classroom and you know they should have the power to do that but at the same time families should be able to say okay well well i'm getting that my kid out of this classroom and i'm going to send them to a private school or charter school that that does present the facts um you know fairly and i mean you know that's why i always argue for school choice being Mm -hmm. the answer to all of this yep uh, so that people can hold the bad actors accountable again not all you know, teachers and government-run schools are like this. But when when this happens, families need to be able to vote with their feet, and they should be able to have their kids' education dollars follow them to the schools that are teaching politics fairly. That's right. So, th- again, does this pose any red flags to you? Something, I mean, maybe just we need to pay a little bit more attention to what's going on as, uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, the community of parents here in, in America, because I doubt this is the last time something like this is going to pop up. Absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of people are seeing this when they look at the homework assignments of their of their students. So, I mean, yeah, I think parents should just pay more attention, you know, have these conversations with their children uh, just to be on the lookout. I mean, it doesn't happen everywhere again, but, uh, you know, I think some parents will be surprised as to how much this is actually going on with their with their students' classrooms. And, you know, um, you know, parents parents should take this stuff to the media and, you know, have have people expose whenever there are, you know, expose the problems whenever there are problems present in that's the right. classroom. And I think, you know, you, you talk about following me on Twitter. I think that's a powerful, a powerful way that social media can be used for, you know, uh, you know the force of good and that you can hold people accountable, at least even if you don't have school choice where you can't vote with your feet, at least you can pressure uh, people using social media and, you know, shining a light on, on negative things happening. I can only imagine, you know, uh, it, it might have been even worse in the past where that we didn't have as much social media. And if you couldn't get something, you know, written up in the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, then your 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 message essentially wouldn't get out there with, without social media. So I do think more parents should do this. And if they want to share any of this happening in their schools with me, they can send it to me on Twitter. My direct messages are open. And I'd be more than happy to to share, 
uh, any of this information with my following as well. Yeah, and you can follow him at DeAngelis Corey again on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to ask you something directly. I know the answer to this. So out of the books that have been banned, that are still currently banned, and I believe there's a couple of sources I read, they're going to be revoting on the 20th, which they should have just held off anyway, to unban these books. Invisible Man, The Things They Carried, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, Catch-22, The Great Gatsby, In Your Mind, do any of these books deserve to be, hey, too controversial, kids should not be reading them? No, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I think that's why we've seen national attention on this story. And look, there's a few weeks past and we're, we're still talking about it because it doesn't really make any sense to, to, to ban these books. I mean, we should allow students to be, you know, uh, to, to experience these, these works, these works of, you know, these, these uh, historical books. Um, so, I mean, again, the, the school board voted five to two to ban these books, and they're now reconsidering that because of the pushback. And again, like I said earlier, I think it, this is why it's so important for people to be engaged with the educations of their children right. so that they can push back and, you know, hold elected officials accountable for making these types of decisions that really don't make any sense. Corey DeAngelis, uh, Director of School Choice at the Reason Foundation. We are going to have you back on after the 20th when we get an update on this. And I'd be uh, pleased to have you back on across the county so we can uh, inform my listeners what's going on. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to the to the news that comes out and our conversation afterwards. As am I. Again, follow him on Twitter, DeAngelis Corey. Hopefully what's going on with these schools, they're going to get a wake-up call because me, myself as a former, well, I am still a parent, but my kids are no longer in high school, uh, as the parent community pays attention and shows what is going on that we actually care, they're going to change their tune. More coming up. Stay tuned.